Ladies and gentlemen, from the beautiful Golden Horseshoe in Disneyland, California, we're proud to present the thrilling Golden Horseshoe Review. And now, Professor LeVere, if you please, the overture. So new Star Tours. Have you guys been on it? Who has and who hasn't? I have not. I've, and I have. I've read about it. Okay, so Greg, have you done all of the scenarios? <laughs> not even close. I think I've been on it probably three or, well, maybe four times, I guess. And I've seen, they definitely vary in quality. I mean, they're all pretty good, but I saw one amazing one last time that kind of blew my mind. It was really, really cool with the one where they go to Naboo. Ooh. Yeah, yeah um, the Naboo one's pretty cool. Yeah, the 3D is really good on that one. So, you know, I've never been a huge Star Wars fan, to be honest, but um, I, I don't know. I, I guess it just, maybe the lack of variety was really a problem b- before with a simulator because, yes. you know, when you ride on Pirates, I, there's something new to see every single time. Mm-hmm. But with Star Tours, it was exactly the same thing every time. Yeah. And I just kind of lost interest after probably the second time I did it. Um, so Star Tours 2 definitely amped up my interest level with the, the variety of endings. So that works pretty well for me. Nice. When you when you get to Naboo, do they what do they do? Does it do they just bore you with some political talk or? <laughs> it's all about treaties. Naboo? Yeah, it's about yeah. it's about forty five minutes. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's really good. Cool. Yeah. So no, they actually uh, you you start off man you start off in space right and you kind of start crash landing into the planet and uh, you go immediately underwater so Ooh. you uh, you kind of do the off gun Gunga stuff and see the Gungan city yeah which is pretty cool I mean your spaceship is now underwater and there's really no explanation for that but it's okay. After writing it a few times, I got lucky because at Disneyland, uh, you know, since it's in Disneyland Park, it's incredibly crowded. And so, like, the line is always three hours long. Mm-hmm. And the fast passes are out, like, within two hours of park opening or something. But uh, at Disney World, since it's in Hollywood Studios, there's just nobody there. So yeah. I got to, I just went on and on after the other. It Isn't great. it interesting that that park does not tend to, to stay very crowded? It's strange. It is, because it's great. It's a really nice theme park. There's not quite enough to do to keep you going all day, I feel like. I think like. that's what it is, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I can, keep park. Myself, I can keep myself occupied with Star Tours, though, which is exactly what I did. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I just rode that until we got everything. And it was kind of frustrating because for five – they say it's random. I have no idea. But for five times in a row, it was the same exact combination of elements. <laughs> yeah. And if if you know the actual probability of that, it's it's ridiculous because there's three intros. There Or no, there's, there's two intros. There's three of the first planet. There's three – holograms and then there's three endings oh wow so the the possibility that you get all four of those exactly the same is incredibly low so it makes me think that it's not necessarily random but i can't i can't be sure there was a a ride operator who was trolling you that's exactly right they saw me and i was like kashik kashik and they're like nope not gonna happen (laughs) no kashik for you buddy (laughs) but uh the greg did you happen to see the geonosis one uh i don't think i did the Geonosis one is amazing because uh, you get chased uh, by Boba Fett. Ooh. And it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Very cool. 
There's the there's a whole sonic charge and everything. It's just so great. Ah, uh, you know that you know uh, as a, as an aside that that sonic charge sound design is the single best thing in uh, in Star Wars sound design in my opinion. You know, I agree. I that agree. That thing uh, blew my mind the first time I saw it happen. Yeah, that was Ben Burt, right? Because yeah. he does all the sounds, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Kind of a little aside, I saw him in the airport like after uh, Star Wars Celebration because I was down in Florida. Oh, awesome. And I just rode the ride and everything. I was like, oh, that was so cool. And then I just see him in the airport. It was very weird. One thing about um, Star Tours that has always bugged me a little bit is I feel like the tone is not quite the same as the movies, at least the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, The original trilogy feels a little darker and grittier. And to me, like Star Tours has always felt a little bit halfway kind of between the new trilogy and like the star Wars Christmas special. Like it it (laughs) just feels like it's kind of played for laughs too much. Right. And I find that a little disappointing because I kind of like the grittiness of the star Wars universe. I mean, it's definitely fantasy. It's not, you know, it isn't meant to be too real, but I like the, the gritty look of it. And I feel like that didn't come through at all. Yeah. And it didn't help that, you know, Paul Rubens was the voice of the robot either. (laughs) Yeah, that, I wasn't uh, never. I was never a big fan of that. Yeah, because I mean, well, he didn't glad, even try well, to do another voice. <laughs> it was Pee Wee Herman the robot. Yeah, well, but now, now, now he's out of there. But yeah, he's still in the queue, though. He's still in the queue. Oh yeah, yep. he is. is yeah, he, does he, does he... It says it says defective on him. <laughs> it's, it's a shame. But uh, you know, that? I think I, especially compared to the other Lucasfilm property in the park, you got Indiana Jones, and it's really on brand. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it is. I really love that. And you're right that like. Star the Star Tours ride almost seems a little, um, I, I don't know if kitschy is the right word, but it it's it, it, and it's not cheap either. It's just that it feels, um, oh man, I don't know how to describe it. Almost everything is played for laughs. It feels like it especially is. in it's, the it's, queue. It's, a, it's quite it's quite comical, and I think that like just having uh, you know R two and three PO just like really ushers that in. Yeah, um, it yeah, know, it, 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 it did get created a good. Five or six years after Return of the Jedi, I think. Yeah, and so I mean that could have been you, we, what we could be seeing is just Lucas's transition from good filmmaker into bad filmmaker. Probably. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think actually it's probably three years after. And Return of the Jedi is by far my least favorite of the original trilogy, and oh. actually I think my least favorite of all six. Oh really? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah. bold. Uh, it, yeah, that's how I feel about it. And, uh, <laughs> no, hold on a minute. Like... Hold on. We're not. We're not a Star Star Wars podcast. Um, but so... but I think you're right, Alex. And that I think that was that was uh, the decline of George Lucas. We we see I think in in Star Tours a bit. Yeah, maybe it was uh, it was Captain EO's fault. <laughs> that, that was the that was the uh, the beginning of the end for George Lucas. What do you guys think of Captain EO? I actually, I actually really love Captain EO. I think it's, I think it's ridiculous, but there's something about it that is is just so, <laughs> it's so weirdly heartwarming. I don't know why, <laughs> you know. I don't, I don't know why either. And you know, I don't think I ever saw it as a kid. I don't think so. So the first time I saw it was like last year or the year oh, before. Oh yeah. yeah, when Michael Jackson died. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they they brought it back and they were like, oh, cool. It's the, you know, Captain EO tribute. Now, this was confusing to me because they called it the Michael or they called it the Captain EO, the tribute or whatever. And I didn't know if it was different. I, I don't did, think I could, it was. No, no, it's not. But yeah. I didn't know because it was titled differently. So how am I supposed to know? Right. And uh, so when we went in, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. It was amazing. And yeah, yeah. I at no point did I think, man, this is cheesy as hell. It was a thing where I was like this 
is great. It was a great, like, just 3D show thing. And the 3D is not great, and it's totally used to um, to just be obnoxious. But yep. it's it's so fun. Yeah. It's, it, it, the weird thing about it is it's like it, the plot of Captain EO is so strange. Like, it doesn't even make any sense. You know, Michael Jackson no. is like some sort of a intergalactic... Uh, ringmaster of some sort <laughs> that has it all is, these but his magic characters. Yeah, what is that? Well, that he's sort wearing? of the, uh, it's just great. The the climax of everything he's ever done is exactly the same, which is he he saves the world with music, yes, and dance, yes. That's and the you know what part. I think that is pretty accurate. Yeah, I only saw Captain Neo once at Epcot when it was first out. You know, during its first run, and I I oh. wasn't crazy about it then and i haven't seen it since but i probably should go back and check it out yeah that's when it was in journey to imagination back when back when that was the best thing at epcot (laughs) now hold on a minute so we're we were talking about star tours yes and then we kind of touched on indiana jones you know both of these now both of these properties are now owned by disney Mm -hmm. and does that mean that they're going to add whatever they want i mean like does this mean that we'll get more planets or more scenes or anything of star tours does that expand out oh god i hope so I just wonder if, like, if now they were like, oh, well, well, we got Star Tours. We can kind of just have them do whatever we want now. Yeah. Well, I, I doubt that they'll change it for a good another 10 years or so just because I feel like they don't, they don't need to touch it, so they won't. Yeah, cost. That, can, that couldn't have been cheap to, to do what they did. Well, I know well, that. I mean, it took them way longer than they expected to do Star Tours 2. I think they expected to do it, you know, probably 10-something years after it opened, and it mm-hmm. took over 20. And I think it was just because Lucas was kind of charging an arm and a leg for it. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. and I don't—I I guess they're just paying cost right now, right? You know, so they don't, they don't make—they're not going to worry about any profits or anything from— the actual production of it, yeah. but the—I mean, they—the actual production of the video, I'm sure, is very costly. But the actual programming of the machine apparently is very easy. They just like take a joystick in there and move it around. Oh, probably, yeah, right, yeah, which yeah, is it's, awesome. It's probably programmed like a lot of the other animatronics. It's just giant. You got—you know what? I just realized um, I hadn't really put it together that you know I've been thinking about Star Wars with Disney. I had not really realize that not only do they own uh, Star Wars now, but they do own Indiana Jones as well. They and actually don't. They don't? Par- Paramount. Ah. It's, t- it's tied up for like another decade or so with Paramount, okay. I think. Oh, so, interesting. So who owns Willow? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm really that's, curious That's the about. question. <laughs> but let me just point this out. It doesn't matter who owns Willow. I think Disney has Warwick Davis. <laughs> yeah, they probably right. do. Disney <laughs> and Ricky Gervais own Warwick Davis now. Yeah, so what does that mean for the Indiana Jones attraction? Does it mean anything? I think it means nothing for for the me, near to medium term. Yeah, it's interesting. Now that attraction, like you were saying, Louis, I think is is way more successful than Star Tours has ever been. Absolutely, and the queue is amazing. Yeah, yes. the queue is better. The, the attraction's pretty is is awesome, but the queue is better. And you know what's funny is Fast Pass actually ruined that queue. You know, it did kind of mess it up. Yes, people people don't enjoy it anymore, and. I think all, a lot of the interactive elements are now broken, and they don't bother fixing them because nobody is standing next to them anymore. Yeah, you just kind of rush through it. You know, you're kind of running through it the whole time as opposed to just kind of stuck in in certain places, which let you kind of take it in and appreciate it. Do you, yeah. rem- do you remember when it first opened, they actually gave you a little card that yes. had the alphabet on it so you could actually yeah, decipher right. the runes uh, while you waited an hour and a half. I've seen two that. Hours. I've never had one. 
I think I still have one somewhere. I should look. I, I should well, look the thing that up. is, I know there's a font out there, so I'm sure yeah, I have the font if I want. Yeah. The great thing about the Mara font is it was really just the English alphabet that was yeah, just yeah, slightly yeah. stylized. Yeah, you can kind of read it. Yeah. That's just like Arabash from Star Wars. Uh huh. Yep. Very similar. Wow, that was the nerdiest thing I think I'll ever say. Arabash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really is a good cue, though. There's, it, I, I think it has no equal. There's, it is, it is the best they've ever done, and probably the best they will ever do. It's just the that when I've it's not even comparable is. I'm it's sorry. The exterior that that is so amazing to me. Like you enter in Adventureland, and it's so jungly. Yeah. It's it so is. great. And they have that generator that you know makes the the lights flicker in the into the beat of the generator. The way it syncs with the light, the lights all the way through the cave is pretty uh-huh. is pretty awesome. It really it is. Really it well. feels legit every time. I feel like I'm really going into some dig somewhere. Well, because you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they, they when you're almost there, they show you that kind of news of the world uh, uh, film. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, and then they have that projector shadow up in the corner that's yep. totally fake. Like it's not. Yeah. It, it, it's just literally a projector just with a light shining on it. That's not where the film is coming from. But I live for that stuff. Just mm-hmm. tri- tricks like that. That kind of you know add to the atmosphere. That stuff really works for me. Me too. And I love the rope, the 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 man at the bottom of the rope, and he's like pleading with you not to shake the rope. And of course, like any jackass, you do, and he falls, probably breaks his neck. The best one is the bamboo piece that if you pull on it, the ceiling falls. Oh, that's so great! That's really good. No one have ever seen that actually work. I have. I I totally did it last year, and it was amazing. You know, I want to know the first person that did that. Yeah, like, that's... it had to scare the shit out of somebody the well, first time. Well, it scares time. the shit out of you if you've never done it before. Yeah. So so Lucasfilm doesn't have Indiana Jones, which means no new stuff for Indiana Jones for a little while. I don't think it necessarily means no new stuff. It just means they can't do anything they want for a right, little that's while. That's true. That's true. You know? But given that they can do anything they want with Star Wars, I think they don't care about Indy right now. I mean, there's so much they can pull off with Star Wars now. And you know what? They shouldn't. You know, that's... that's as strong as Indiana Jones is, Star Wars is stronger. Well, Star Wars is more of a world that I want to explore, whereas Indy is just kind of like Indy's more of a movie. I don't feel the need to like go visit his world so yeah. much, but um, Star Wars, I can imagine some you know incredible Star Wars land somewhere that let me really kind of immerse myself in the whole thing. But would you would you feel the same way? Now this is going to be oh man, so controversial what I'm about to say, but if Tom Sawyer Island was just ever transformed into, you know, like Indiana Jones Island. Would you want to explore that? I'm, yeah, I, I think I overstated my case. I would like to explore that. Um, I mean, exploring caves and temples is definitely a cool thing, but it's sort of more generic, whereas the world of Star Wars, there's specific things I want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to go, I want to go walk through a full-size Millennium Falcon. Oh, Sure. God, and I want I want to go to the you know the the cantina and I want to walk through the Death Star and do all those things. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. with Indy, it's not quite the same thing. Imagine imagine what Disney's lawyers will do with the Death Star because it's nothing but thousand foot pits. Yeah. <laughs> how, how are they going to execute that? Uh, oh, I don't know. Mirrors. Those don't... things exist. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> they could totally do that. They could. People dropping pennies down there. Gum. Uh, yeah. Oh, now don't say that. You're ruining it right <laughs> I'm now. Sorry. Now Disney also owns Marvel, and they haven't really done anything yet. Yep. Right. A lot. A lot uh, of yeah, and I'm not eager to see anything, to be honest. Me neither. 
Um, I just feel like Mar- the Marvel Universe is really one-dimensional. I don't <laughs> think it really it, – it, it's a little cynical, and I don't think that plays that well at Disney parks. I, I agree. I think, I think I would agree that it wouldn't fit in their current parks. You, you're talking about a Marvel park. Well, I, I just – I don't want to necessarily say that, but I mean like I don't – it wouldn't ever fit in Disneyland. Yeah, totally. I, I like I think that Indiana Jones and Star Tours really fit into Disneyland, but I I don't think and that, that. And that's interesting. Why why do they? Because I because, agree. I agree they do. Well, but because why? I think, like I don't know where you'd put Marvel where it would fit right. Like Star Tours is very sci-fi mm-hmm. and all about space. So like I can absolutely see it being Tomorrowland with all the other space attractions. Mm-hmm. But and Indiana Jones is a really great attraction for Adventureland, considering how small Adventureland really is. Yeah. And it's like having something there alongside Jungle Cruise is really, really great. And they do it very well. But I don't know where you put Marvel characters because there's nowhere. I mean, you can't put them in either of those, I don't think, unless you put Hulk in Adventureland. But that seems really bizarre to me. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I think it is? I I uh, think that there's an element of – because all Marvel characters, you know, they're, uh, they're all rooted in realism. You know, they're miraculous yeah. people living in the real world. Nothing else at Disneyland is like that. Star, you know, Star Wars is is miraculous. You know, a miraculous environment. Indiana Jones is probably the closest, but it's still it's still left of left of reality pretty significantly. You know, it's very cartoonish. Right. Um, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why it's so disjointed to me. Maybe that's what it is. Is that everything in in Disneyland is so fantastical uh-huh. that it's just it's it's absolutely out there even things that uh are based in some sort of realism they they're they're so departed from that Mm -hmm. um they're or they're an ideal form or an imaginary form of that whereas uh i guess maybe maybe not necessarily old marvel but new marvel is very uh tried to be in the real world kind of be gritty about it Mm -hmm. and uh it doesn't really fit in in disneyland now it -hmm. may fit in another park yeah if they wanted to make a Marvel park, I could get behind that because I mean the, the properties are strong. They could really do some cool but stuff, and, as evidenced by other Marvel rides that have been in other theme parks. But it's, but I don't see. I guess I don't know how you theme that, and I'm no expert. I'm no Imagineer. But <laughs> if if you were going to build, uh, if you're going to build a Marvel park, you know, I think that I wouldn't want it to be called like Spider Man Land. And you know what I mean? Yeah, Spidey I, I Land. The, I don't the web. <laughs> Spidey's I, <you> web. Know, <laughs> uh, but like, <laughs> do you name it after his city, and then like, do you have you know other characters in that same area? Because like, I don't like the way that Universal does it with uh, you know Marvel Island. Yeah. That is like, the, it's a, just a it's a cop out. That's the worst name for a land. It's just I I want something that actually like because that's what's amazing about Disneyland is you immerse yourself in there and you believe wherever you are. Yeah. But I think you would need to really believe you're somewhere and not in Spider Man Land. Yeah. The problem with Marvel, I think, is that it doesn't have any heart to it. Mm. I feel like if you spent a whole day at a Marvel park, it would feel like you'd spent the whole day at some amusement park in Las Vegas. Six Flags. Yeah. It just wouldn't yeah. feel mm. like a Disney park to me. In, in the slightest, unless unless they took like a different tack. Like I heard someone suggest just I think out of the blue, I don't think it has any basis in reality, but make sort of an adventure park. And that would have Marvel, Star Tours, Indiana Jones, new new pirate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see it working in that context. I could see it. But, you know, now, the thing about that is that w- that would be a park that would probably horrify little children. 
you know and the and the character and from a character basis nobody wants to go hug iron man you know you you you'll get bruised it's just yeah. it's not right. going to be fun it's going to be weird and scary you know i think they shouldn't be afraid of horrifying little children in a different park like i i want i I think they have so many parks, they yeah. shouldn't be afraid of segmenting the audience a little bit. It's the same way that I think, like, for instance, Epcot, I think, should be – should hit the education a little bit harder uh-huh. and like not it, worry about entertaining people so much like because to. There's, four, there's four parks there. If people don't like, you know, educational stuff, then go to Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom or something like that, you know. Yeah. So, so they shouldn't be afraid of alienating part of the audience at one of their parks given that they have so many. I agree with that. I really wish well, they would point, go back then, to the, uh, the Epcot model. If Marvel is not for you, then you just don't go to that park. Mm-hmm. So, Greg, you're out. Okay. <laughs> All right. Don't get to go. No, go. but, I mean, it's like, I guess the other way you could do it maybe is uh, is just faux science, I guess. I mean, when you think about a lot of the Marvel characters, they're all fascinated with science, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at um, Hulk or Iron Man or Spider-Man, and that's like all, like, l- they live and breathe that, yeah, right? Yeah, they're all scientists. So I think it would be cool if maybe that's that's the angle they took where it was. Well, what like are good science. Disney properties th- about science? What's that? Uh, what are some good other you know Disney properties about science? Atlantis would be the only one that I can even think of. Yeah. But the thing is, like, of all the stuff that Disney has done, and, and it's been like this year. You know, they got Marvel like this year, last year. They got Avatar this year. They got so they've got a ton on their plate. Yep. And of all those things, Star Wars is the only one that can carry a whole park, in my opinion. I, and, I agree and carry it well. And I yeah, think, I agree. I think I think they know that. Yeah. yeah. Like I hope I hope that every every drawing board got thrown out the door the day that 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 you know that that news came down the pipe, and they just started blue skying a, a, a Star Wars park because I swear, it would be the most fun thing I can imagine Disney building. I just like all right, so I don't want to get a, uh, a lot into this, but. There's there's different layouts of of all the parks kind of have a really different way of doing it. It depends on the land that it sits in and whatever. But I, I really like the way that Disneyland is formatted, like just Disneyland Magic Kingdom style park. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't want them to copy that if they made a Star Wars park. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't want to see just like the Magic Kingdom, but everything done like like Star Wars, right? Yeah, I, I don't want to see Adventureland, but instead of Adventureland, it'd be Endor. And, you know, I don't want to see Main Street USA just be Coruscant. I want to actually <laughs> – I want it to be actually a different park. I want it to be a completely different idea. To sort of reimagine the idea of a theme park, Disney-style yeah, theme park. I, yeah, I think, they, I think they would have to, but I, I don't want them to just use the same exact blueprints and then go, oh, yeah, of course, this works, even though it does um, – I don't know. Maybe it's just that that has been so well thought through mm-hmm. that there's nothing better than that. Well, like I think there, there are other ideas. I mean, I heard uh, – I think I read something uh, that Tony Baxter was talking about. At Once they discarded the idea of Westcott, um, they were trying to figure out, well, what are we going to do with the parking lot now? And so one of the ideas they had was uh, three different huge lands that were all basically inside warehouses. Mm-hmm. And one of them was going to be Star Wars land, and I can't remember what the other two were going to be. But what you do is when you enter the park, there were basically train stations there, and you kind of get on the subway that mm. would take you to each one of these places. That's cool. That's a good yeah, idea. And, and, and it was partially they, they, they were doing it to get around the problem because they didn't think they would have space to build what they wanted to do, right. and so they are going to have like – you know, Star Wars Land be way down, you know, Harbor Boulevard in that's the Strawberry Field or whatever. <laughs> that is. Well, hang on a minute. Now, that's just Wreck-It Ralph. 
Yes, right. <laughs> it so is. you get into Grand Central uh-huh. and and you take a subway into a game. Got it. All right. Yep. You know what's kind of interesting about that though is doing that actually contr- completely controls the environment, which yes. would work so well for Star Wars because you could actually project, you know, a fantastical universe onto the onto a dome ceiling of this yeah. thing, and really make it look like you were somewhere crazy. No, oh, I, I just love a science thing that that Disney has. It's Tron. Mm-hmm. That's Tron, right. Tron fits with the Marvel universe. I could imagine a park that had Marvel and Tron. I mean, mm-hmm. not, I think you need, I feel, I still think you need more than that, but that would fit there. Yeah. So is that what just happens then? Is that you make a park with the other properties that Disney owns? So you have, <laughs> you've got. Well, maybe that's what it is, right? You got the Pixar section, and the Pixar section starts with John Lasseter holding Buzz Lightyear's hand. And then you've got, you know, the Lucasfilm area, and then you got, you know, George Lucas with, uh, with Yoda, right? You know, what's, you know what's funny about that, about, about Lasseter holding Buzz Lightyear's <laughs> hand is they're, they're probably roughly the same height. <laughs> yeah, so, well, so that's really yeah. gonna read, really. <laughs> no, no, it's just, it reads like the toy. So maybe he's just holding him. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> All I'm saying is, you could start each one of these with the. Per- you could have sure. the, the Muppet Studios with Jim Henson and Kermit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm just saying you can you can kind of work that out. Yeah, I don't I don't want James Cameron holding uh, <laughs> J- Jake's whatever his name is. Yeah, J- in a loving embrace. Perhaps. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't want that to happen. <laughs> Now, one thing that that strikes me as we're talking about this is Star Wars is almost the only one of the properties we've discussed where I actually do want to see them build something. In almost every other case, like for Marvel, um, I'd rather see the Imagineers come up with something original Mm. as opposed to like using some outside property. And I think, unfortunately, that that's never really going to happen to build the kind of huge things they want to build now. I mean, Harry Potter kind of showed the way and, and Cars Land confirmed it, that people like these hugely, you know, gigantic themed lands, which how did, how did, why is that a surprise? Who didn't know that, by the way? Yeah, really. But for some reason, they needed to be taught that again. And so that's the direction they're going, I think. And so they can't afford to do that with a property that isn't well known. Uh-huh. I guess Wizard of Oz they might be able to do something with now. You know, Wizard of Oz is, is something that I've wanted to, I've I've wanted them to do for a long time too. Um because that really is something that where the cuz they don't even have to adhere to anything. Those cuz those books them, the books themselves are very broad. Yeah, and, you could say you could say the same thing for Alice in Wonderland though. They could make a Wonderland park and that would be pretty rad. It would. Because you could do anything in that park and no one's going to call you out on it. Yeah, it would be cool. Although Alice in Wonderland's a little creepier than than <laughs> oh, Wizard totally. of Oz. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. But I, have you seen the new uh, Oz the Great and Powerful? Film? I haven't seen it yet. I, I did I, see it. I really would it, like to. It was it was interesting. I wouldn't say it was a great film, but it was a fun film. I liked how, it. How does it compare yeah. to Return to Oz, which is actually fantastic? You know, I thought it was in the same league. Probably, yeah. I, I like both. I like both of them. That is is probably the best realization of l frank Baum's uh, imagination i think it's like it's, just, it's so faithful to those books it's just that when i saw it it and this isn't a criticism but it looked it looked visually the same as tim burton's alice in wonderland right and oh, it, yeah. like it, it seems like they just were next door to each other uh-huh the new and one I, again it's not a criticism it's just they they looked the same so yeah. i could see both of them or either of them it's the same production designer, I think, did mm-hmm. both movies. I really didn't much care for the new Alice in Wonderland. I, I thought it was That's just That's the really weird thing. Is like, it's like number seven on all-time top grossing, and literally no one likes it. Yeah. I've only seen it once, which is very I've rare for me. I've never met anybody that liked I it. Like, I like it. You did? 
Yeah. I've never actually. I've only seen the first half an hour of it. But yeah. but you know I'm a I'm a Tim Burton fan, so I'll, I'll watch it because it's got Tim Burton and, and Johnny Depp in it, and I'm and I'm all for that combo. I, I used to be. <laughs> or trifecta, if you want to count Danny Elfman. I feel like I feel like something happened to Tim. I don't know what it. I don't know what it is. Uh, I think that he and Quentin Tarantino both. We're getting really off track, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I think that they kind of just really like just having fun now. You know, I feel like they have the money to do whatever they want, so they just kind of do. Yeah, maybe. And maybe that's just what it is. And maybe that's the same thing that happened to Lucas. All right, now we're back all the way over there. <laughs> yeah, maybe circle. that's just what happened to Thank him you. is that he just got a lot of money and he was like, I can kind of do whatever I want. You know, I think one thing that happened to Lucas was actually he he had a bunch of kids. And then yeah. he was very afraid that his movies were too violent. And then he did lose all of his money. He did. His wife left him and took all his money. Right. So he had to Let like. that be a lesson to you. <laughs> yeah, don't be George Lucas. Don't be George Lucas. <laughs> 